dumb fun. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Musical the movie the podcast. Musical the movie the podcast. Musical the movie the podcast with Andy and Steph. Steph, cheese it. The bulls are on their way. Uh, <laughs> and I don't want to get soaked. I don't know about you. Oh, I'm busy soaking them. I'm soaking them for crutchy. Okay, you know, that means something different these days. <laughs> when the kids do their soaking, that's that's a completely different thing. That's This is a family podcast. I don't think it is, but um, <laughs> I'm fine adhering to that, not, not going into the finer points of soaking. Uh, kids, Google it on Urban Dictionary. Um, and in the meantime, Steph, um, what's, what's in the papes with you? What else is in the papes? Um, I have just been thinking a lot about unions and Uh how great they are Uh and how I would like there to be more, um, cultural representation of how when you join a union, it gives you the power to sing and dance in concert with... A hundred of your closest friends. All right, this is a family podcast, so I don't know if we can have all that union <laughs> talk. Um, but uh, I guess it's it's a, it's abundantly clear stuff that we're here today to talk about uh, 1992 film, the directorial debut of Kenny Ortega. Can you uh, believe? And uh, it's a movie called Newsies stuff. We're here. It's yeah. literally um, I. <laughs> We're, we're gonna bring guests in soon but when i texted our guest i was like it's time i'm here to book you for the newsies episode that's how inevitable this moment was uh-huh um why don't you start by asking me a question because i feel like my answer is sure. gonna be shorter than yours hey do you fucks with newsies um not not in a manner of speaking stuff i uh you know i i feel like i must have watched it around about uh 2005 because i was you know, I, I date girls that grew up in the 90s. And so, <laughs> yes, have I dated girls who, who like Newsies? Yes. Um, and so I must have watched it around then, especially because it was like, in that time, 2005, you're like, oh, holy shit, this is Batman. This is Batman and he's singing and dancing. This is wild. <laughs> um, but the, the main thing that I really want to say is the only real concept I had of Newsies is that I always got it confused with a movie called Bugsy. Do you remember a movie called Bugsy? It's a movie from the, it's a similarly early 90s, and it's a mob movie, a mafia movie, but it's all children playing the parts. Got it. And so it's like, I want to say Scott Bayo, and he's like, you know, it's all these kids running around in little suits and New York accents, so it's like very much, if Max Cassell was not in it, I would be shocked. <laughs> I was just going to say, I haven't done a comparison or anything, but I have to imagine like all of the background kids are newsies. Yeah. Um, but so no, yeah, for pretty much I would say that when we watched this the other day it was the first time I, I had actually sat down and watched Newsies. Uh, so I guess I, I'll t- I'm going to turn the tables on you, Steph. You know that you don't, there's no easy, there's no free passes in this podcast. There's no easy rides. I must ask you, do you fucks with Newsies? I hella fucks with Newsies. <laughs> um, okay. I should have, I should have phrased my original question to you like this. It's, it's Saturday afternoon in the 90s and you have nothing to do and you have control of the tv there's no like adults around to bother you to make you like watch adult shit Mm -hmm. and you're just kind of trolling what do you land on in that moment so i married it's the summer of 1993 and i'm watching so i married yeah 
that is the exact scenario upon like that that is how newsies comes into my life it is like any given saturday in the 90s and it newsies is airing on abc probably um and because we didn't have the disney channel importantly in uh-huh. my family um but it yeah, just free preview sort of, like, week you're not tuning in for pre- free preview week i probably was on Gullah island <laughs> that was that was um nickelodeon it was nickelodeon not trying to see what's going on down there in Pooh Corner. Yeah. Okay. Trying to see if those kids are incorporating. Hey, and this is a movie about kids incorporating, isn't it? <laughs> That's kind of true. Mm. Um, yeah. So Newsies, like, I, I, it's another one that I don't remember a time when I didn't know it. Even though, like, I know I must have been a little bit older. Like, I know that I must have just, you know, based on, like, when I was watching TV by myself, I guess. Um, but it then became sort of how you mentioned like you dated women who grew up in a, in the 90s i am friends with a lot of women who grew up in the 90s and newsies became like the one of the things that you could like identify someone i'd be like oh my god you love newsies i love newsies did you ever dress up as newsies at school on like costume week i want to do that here's my newsies hat like do you have suspend etc um, what's, what's interesting about that is that it's almost like a proto chick flick for girls of this of that age you know what i mean because it's not outwardly like it's not a romantic comedy it's not there's very little romance in the movie of any consequence and yet i only know women who like this movie oh yeah i, I it is incredibly gendered and i don't know like there are i think six women who appear in the total of this movie <laughs> and like three of them are nuns and only one of them has a name. Two of them have a name. Like, it's just, it's not... One of them screams looking for her lost child in the first act of the movie and is never <laughs> seen from again. <laughs> we just dropped that plot line. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and to, to answer the do I fucks with Newsies, like, yeah, that's how I fucks with Newsies. Um, and I, I'm just gonna, like, springboard that intro- into introducing our first guest All because... Right. She's one of those people that in like, you know, the summer of 2001 or two, 2002, we meet at Summer Shakespeare, figure out that we like Newsies and probably like go watch Newsies that day. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Tina Hoff. Hey. Tina, welcome back. <laughs> She's back, baby. The veritable third chair of the podcast. It's me. We still call Hi. you that even though you haven't been on in months and you're not even the most recent member of your family to do the podcast. I'm really not. And to be honest, it's, you know, I've, I've been on the podcast a couple of times. My husband, Brent. Brandon has been on the podcast. Um, I'm very much looking forward to the day when my daughter, Evelyn, uh, who <laughs> is a year too. and a half old, will be on the podcast someday. So very I can't excited. Wait. That'll be that on day. musical, the, the movie, the podcast, The Next Generation. Uh, exactly. When it'll be me and Steph's kid and, you know, our tortoise <laughs> that we passed down to, to them uh, with your kid. It's going to be a great time. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Screech will be the principal. <laughs> Um, let me introduce our other guest, uh, one of my favorite comics in, in Chicago and, and in this great nation. She is uh, the one of the producers of Chicago Underground Comedy over there at the Beach Kitchen every Tuesday at, I'm going to call it 9 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, and uh, her name is Mallory Bradford. Hey, Mal. Hey, Mal. I am so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So glad to have you here. You, uh, 
you also are not the most recent member of your household to do the podcast. Uh... <laughs> That's true. And it hurt my feelings a little because I'm <laughs> the biggest fan of musicals in my household. But uh, it's only my first time here. So I'm so thrilled to be here. Mike O'Keefe messaged me after he did the podcast. And he's like, you got to get Mal on there. You got it. You got to get Mal. Mal's got to do the podcast. You got to find a way to do it. And, I don't uh, even know which one he recorded, but I was like, he probably hasn't seen that or heard of it until right then. <laughs> he was on La La Land, which he said you guys saw downtown uh, at the AMC, yes. Uh, yes. right on downtown, which me and Steph were just yes. at. Um, nice. But uh, uh, so interestingly, Mal, I want to start with you because yeah. I feel like you're going to have uh, less of an answer here. But but do you, as a musical lover and a woman of a certain age, do you fucks with Newsies? <laughs> This, this was the first time I've ever fucked with Newsies. This wow. is, uh, I was a Newsies virgin. Um, and I, I spent my week, uh, no offense to movie, trying to get through it. I love musicals. <laughs> and this was like, I can't, I don't know. I was literally just sitting here during the intro Googling when, what, what other musicals came out in this time? Because I don't know how I missed it as a woman of a certain age mm-hmm. when it sounds like all women of this age fucks with Newsies. Right. So um i don't know you guys it's, it's, i'm i'm as shocked as anyone to be to be new to this game interesting all right i can't wait to get into this uh-huh. yeah. i uh, want to i just want to say mal that when we were watching this for the when i was like sitting next to andy watching this for the first time it got like toward the end and he kind of looked at me and he was like hey so like are you like able to see this as a movie? Like, are you able to think about this objectively? No, no judgment. Like, are you able to take like ten-year-old stuff out of it and just see this as a as a movie? And I don't know. Maybe that spoils a little. And what bit was the answer? My experience, like, but... kind of. <laughs> uh, Tina, that brings us to you, I guess. But oh, y'all, I extremely fucks with newsies. Yeah, okay. I I haven't fucked with newsies like this film. <laughs> this film in <laughs> literally it's been a decade or so since i've watched it interesting um i uh, must have been 99 2000 2001 i was in middle school and i heard king of new york and i was like this is a banger this is a bop this shit slaps <laughs> tell me more but i could never get a hold of the vhs because this was at like the cusp of like dvds were kind of mm-hmm, coming out mm-hmm. right um, but very importantly, this movie was not on DVD until a few years into like me knowing about it. Mm-hmm. But um, so I looked up the script on the internet wow. and just joined fandom on the internet. And this was like when internet fandom was really in its prime. Like we were on fanfiction.net. I was on the news <laughs> mailing list, which was like, a, I think it was Yahoo. Um, but you would like send an email and it would go to everyone. And we all had like our newsy nicknames and, you know, just talking about wow. all the newsies. We just loved them. What was um, your newsy nickname? I, remember, I gotta ask. Uh, Pixie. Hell Yeah. I don't know where it came from. There's nothing pixie-ish about me, but like, it's It's not entirely right. Like, who cares? Uh, I don't know. But um, yeah, I finally, one day after a track meet, we went to Family Video and there it was. It was Newsies and it was on VHS and I watched it. Finally, I knew every line by heart already just by reading it on paper. And I wore that VHS out. I gave it back broken to the family. Video. <laughs> um, so it's it's been a long time, but but Newsies was really my like you know that those formative middle school years and getting into fandom on the internet. Like I was all about Newsies. Is there a name for Newsies fans that you know about? I don't think so. Okay, I scrolled past something earlier fanzies. today. Yep, there it's it is. Fanzies. Okay, there it is. Okay, I did scroll past it's, something it's... earlier today that said Fanzies, and I was like, that can't be official. And I asked up, and she was like, Tina will know. 
It is. And you see, it, it has been a very long time. I, while I was watching this movie, um, a couple days ago, I was like, oh my God, Tina, you really liked this. <laughs> Just like <laughs> looking at it as an adult was like, oh my God, what? Um, so it, it is all coming back to me now though. Every shot of this movie, like the cadence of every line, I'm like, yep, I remember this. I've, yeah. I've seen this a thousand times. There was a moment. So I, fa- Steph knows this. I famous, <laughs> I famously say, that there's a moment in the Mariah Carey Always Be My Baby video where, <laughs> where puberty started for me. And there was a moment like that in Newsies where right in the middle of a big dance sequence, they give a big, Hoo! and Steph said, that's the moment for me that puberty started. You, The thing is, everyone knows what moment that is, right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Um, mine was when the when the kid uh, crawls up the, he climbs out of the, out of the river uh, when Jack oh, and yeah. company go to visit okay. Spotcom, outline, yeah, I think that was mine. The kids really. Uh, I, I had a moment. I'm I'm 36, and I had a moment with Christian Bale on the horse, and I was like, Santa Fe. <laughs> We're gonna have to talk about Christian Bale and the horse. Yeah. Why does it? There's so I much about it. this I was movie. Like, Where did the horse come from? But I'm uh, a right? little bit horny for You're, it. <laughs> you guys are literally saying like what we talked about on the Newsies <laughs> mailing list in in 2000. Where did the horse come from? Plot hole, you guys. Plot hole. <laughs> Who just looks so horse? Plot hole that a horse would be around in 1940, whatever. <laughs> right. Um, Did you just say 1940? When is it? 1899. Oh yeah, 1899. Okay, yeah. sorry. I thought that I thought that World War II was happening because I got confused. I got wholly confused during this movie about a lot of things. Somehow but, uh, it was Spanish... pre-depression. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which that's what fucks me up is it sort of feels like me too. It's depression. Mm-hmm. I had uh, to but... do a lot of like Wikipedia research after I watched the movie, so I'm well versed <laughs> on the timelines. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> You're the historian on the yes. on the podcast today. That's we great. need that representation. It's we really do. <laughs> uh, well, why don't I start with us telling us sort of how this thing comes to be? Because this, I, I was really intrigued as to like, the impetus for me always doing so much research into these things is I'm like, how does something like this come to get made? Whose idea was it? Where does it come from? And it's very interesting here. Uh, I'm going to start with Kenny Ortega because Kenny Ortega, he starts as an actor. He's in like touring productions of Oliver and Hair, and he's offered the leading role in a production of Jesus Christ Superstar but he turns it down to become a choreographer for the San Francisco-based band The Tubes after being spotted on the dance floor in a club by members of the band. Right away, I love Dang. his career. Okay, real quick, this is a musical I would watch. Go yeah. on. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Uh, so he tours with that band for 10 years, and then he's contracted by Cher to do a TV special, and he's contracted by, by Kiss to do their Dynasty tour. He moves to music videos. He does Madonna's Material Girl. He moves to movies. He does Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Dirty Dancing, which is huge that he is the choreographer on Dirty Dancing. And for some reason, so Bob Sudiker and Noni White have this dramatic screenplay inspired by the real-life newsboy strike of 1899. I'm going to say that again. It's a dramatic screenplay with no songs (laughs) and no jokes. And Jeffrey Katzenberg owns Disney at the time, or runs Disney. And he says, I want choreographer Kenny Ortega to direct this. And Kenny Ortega, it's his first movie. So Kenny Ortega comes in. He's like, hey, nice historical drama you got here. It'd be a shame if someone were to put a bunch of dancing in it. Put choir under it. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so that's it. Kenny Ortega cast Christian Bale and David Moscow and the leads, neither of whom are trained singers and dancers. And they bring in Madonna's voice coach to, to work with them. And they're rehearsing dancing six days a week. Christian Bale almost loses his work visa at some point, but... 
Steven Spielberg steps in and helps because they had worked together on Empire of the Sun a few years before this. Um, Alan, Menken. I have a question. Yeah. Oh, literally, I was just gonna say, when does Alan Menken come in? Okay, here's Alan Menken. They get Alan <laughs> right Menken now. to write the songs. He and Howard Ashman are fresh off Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, so he's on a hot streak. Uh, but for this one, Howard Ashman is dying of AIDS and he's too sick to work on it. And he would die the day before the first songwriting sessions. And so, yeah, so Minkin brings in a guy he knew from musical theater workshop, Jack Feldman, to write the lyrics. Uh, and they they sort of work on everything together. Um, That's heartbreaking. Yeah. they film, So they film this at Disney and the cast, being all kids, is like able to go to Disneyland during breaks. And they have water gun fights with Kenny Ortega. And like one day Minnie and Mickey visit the set, which seems to impress some of the younger kids. But uh, I read this thing where the kid who plays Crutchy, who's Marty Balaski, He's like, what do I care that some guys dressed as Minnie and Mickey are here? And then one day Jeffrey Katzenberg shows up to the set and he's like, oh, holy shit, I want to be that guy. He's like, that's, <laughs> that's actually impressive. Uh, but unfortunately, Katzenberg wasn't as hot on the movie when it was all said and done. Alan Minken tells this great story about Katzenberg calling him to a breakfast and he's just like, this movie's DOA, baby. It's DOA. It's dead on arrival. He goes, I could throw $10 million in the air of this restaurant right now and it would have the same effect as this movie. It's DOA. Uh, and so, and, and then Max Casella, who uh, plays uh, Racetrack in the movie, uh, he goes to a movie theater just to see the trailer one day. And he's in the theater and the trailer ends and some guy sitting in front of him leans over and goes, man, Disney's really gone down the tubes. <laughs> uh, Marty Belaski again on opening night, he gets all of his friends together. He's like, okay, this is going to be great. I'm going to go to the local movie theater. I got 15 friends. Everyone's going to be like, oh my God, that's the guy. That's the guy. And then they go to the movie theater and they are the only ones in the movie theater. Oh. Uh, the writing's on the wall here. Sure enough, like this thing's a flop in theaters. The average, like I know that we didn't have Rotten Tomatoes at the time, but they have since aggregated the critical score and it's 39%. Uh, the critical consensus reads extra extra read all about newsies instead of suffering through its underwhelming musical interludes which you did tina Um, they did (laughs) uh, and it says although christian bale makes for a spirited hero which is uh, we can talk about that for a second christian bale is amazing here like even if you are not having fun with this movie i don't think you can deny that he is just like so watchable you know Mm mm-hmm yeah, there are there are a couple different shots where like the whole point of the shot seems to be like they let it go along and it's just like I wonder what he'll do here yeah. and he's always <laughs> making just like some little choice that is so charismatic and likable and like and different yeah different and- than everyone <laughs> this else. His first movie? No, he's in a movie called no. Empire of the Sun, which is a Steven Spielberg mm. movie from '89, okay. I think. Um, right. But yeah. Uh, He's, I, I told Seth that it's like, it reminds me of Marlene Brando in Streetcar Named Desire, which I know is just like, a, it would be an old reference to my grandmother. But like, we, they showed us that movie in high school and like the acting that Brando is doing in that movie is like something that is very new for the time and does not match anyone else in the movie. And that's what Christian mm. Bale is doing here to me. Um, mm. Not to give him too much credit. He's, he's a child actor, but still he's going to be Batman. He's going to win an Oscar one day. <laughs> Um, I kind of want to talk a little bit, too, about um, what that role kind of grows into and and through that, like, introduce the fact that this is one of the first musicals that we're talking about on this podcast that, like, starts as this movie and then later becomes a stage musical. Yeah. Despite, like all of <laughs> despite uh what's his name throwing the 10 million dollars in the air Katzenberg, like, yeah. just, 
kept, yeah. So, like... Now, you it, said that it, you guys like, were, like, begging your uh, theater teacher to let you guys do it, <laughs> oh, right? For years. Yeah, for every years. Year. So much so that at, when... Our high school eventually ended up doing Newsies a few years ago. I think it was maybe 2019. Um, the Our high school theater director emailed me to be like, hi, nobody <laughs> knows yet, but I knew you'd want to know. We're doing Newsies this year. I just sent the contract and I was very excited. Oh, I think it's, it's interesting that this did go to to a stage show and and similar to the the film that was kind of maybe a bit of a flop and then became this cult classic that people loved. The stage show was only meant to be like, let's put it up so that we can license it out. Right. Like let's, let's create this and do it that we can license it out. And people fucking ate that shit up yeah. um, <laughs> to the point yeah. where it had a Broadway transfer and then a tour and did very well. And yeah, with Jeremy Jordan, too. which is huge. Yeah. yeah. So this is what I was going to say as like our comparison point is that the stage show does fix a lot of things and attempts to fix even more and but one of the things that it really keeps is like the whole thing sort of just rides on jack kelly being this little charismatic piece of shit Mm -hmm. Andy, have you seen the the filmed stage version that is also on disney plus no i I refuse to until we're done with this podcast he's very strict (laughs) about it and this is the one more more than any other thing we like sat down to watch the movie the other day and i was like you know that like thursday night as soon as we're done recording i'm making you watch that that stage Mm -hmm. show right like it's so oh i'm so excited well while i was watching uh the the 1992 movie after jeremy jort or after um Christian Bale sings Santa Fe, I had to stop it and go to <laughs> the Broadway film show to yes. watch Jeremy Jordan sing Santa Fe. And then I went back to the movie. This background is so interesting because I got to say, again, as a huge musical person who has never shit on one in my life until just about now, I was watching <laughs> the whole movie being like, how did this get made? Like, and it's now <laughs> kind of an all-star cast. You got Bill Pullman, you have Anne Margaret, mm-hmm. you have all of these people that will be you have Robert Duvall Christian. just like acting yes. his way out of his life. I don't <laughs> and, and I'm like, who made this script? Who wrote? And then when I found out that it was first a movie and then a stage show, I just couldn't wrap my head around any of the backstory here. So Andy, thank you for all the research. Yeah. Cause I have I still don't understand how it happened, but I'm glad we're all here right now. <laughs> this is this is truly one of the only ones I've ever read where it's like there was a script, there were no songs, and then they brought in a guy who was like, Hey, let's put a bunch of songs in here. Uh, it's and, a and not even like a Zac Efron type to come record it. Like no. we're going to train Christian Bale, who's who's a nobody at the time, yeah. on how to kind of sing. Right, it's just wild. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> um, just a couple more things about the reception of the movie, which is that I, I love this quote. Leonard Maltin called it Howard the Paperboy, which is a reference to Howard the Duck, which was like the epitome of the bomb at the time, and you know the first Marvel movie. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but, uh, high times, hard times want a Razzie for worst original song. And I I do think the Razzies suck, but I bring that up to mention this. Alan Menken said that he found out that it won the Razzie for worst song while he was backstage in the press room for having received two Oscars for Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) I love that. I was like, what? That's the best. Um, yeah, there, so like we said, there is a redemption story and the redemption story is that Newsies gathers a cult following and eventually makes its budget back on rentals because it made, it was a $15 million budget, which is not high. And it did not make that back in theaters. Um, and so it's rentals where it starts to make its money. And then it's finally 2011 that Disney theatrical productions puts the stage musical together. 
uh, which goes on to be nominated for eight Tony Awards, including Best Musical, and it wins Best Choreography and Best Original Score. Um, wow. So yeah, that's that's basically how this thing gets made, how it's received, it's and how it gets redeemed. Uh, but it's not redeemed until after the movie we watched <laughs> is done. But this thing that we all watched. <laughs> yeah. that, okay, all of that is really interesting because what I realized on our first rewatch, which again, it's been like probably eight years since I watched Newsies last um, because I've like exclusively pivoted to listening to the stage show or watching the recording of the stage show. Um, And what I realized watching it is that like everything that has stuck to my bones is in the big group songs and like big group Mm -hmm. choreography or like there are even some moments where like even like the, the Jack's Santa Fe horse dance like all all of that is what has stayed with me and all of the other parts that are apparently what the original script were are like oh yeah and then there's a trolley strike yeah literally i had the same <laughs> thought i was like oh shit that's right there's a trolley strike in this movie <laughs> like i had completely forgotten about this what is this yeah exactly there's a lot of plot uh here and yet seemingly almost no plot right <laughs> Like, I can't tell you what happens. And, like, there are three songs that are just like, we're newsies, we're on strike, we're not gonna do the papers anymore. Uh, okay, <laughs> something that I do want to talk about that I, I think I think kind of hinders this movie a little bit, but Steph thinks sort of reinforces its themes, is that there's almost no solos. Like, Santa Fe is a solo, but other than that, it's kind of all these ensemble numbers. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Which, I mean, it's a movie about unions, and so it makes sense that it's all these voices together, but... It kind of doesn't give you anything to grab onto, if that makes sense. I can grab on all of that. I grab on all the little guys. They're dancing. They're yeah. singing. That was my shit. I would skip all of the, I'd skip Santa Fe when I was, you know, middle mm-hmm. school teen. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, don't care about this as much. Give me Seize the Day. Give me the world will know, you know. Uh-huh. Give me King of New York yeah. eight times in a row, right? <laughs> King of New York is the the unassailable bop of the, of the, oh. of the thing, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hard true. Um, I, so like carrying the banner is sort of the perfect explanation or the perfect, sort of the perfect example of, um, what Andy was just alluding to of, of like how the music supports this idea of everyone coming together because it's all, it's like these like montages of the boys in their dorm like I, what is what is this? this it's a, it's like, a lodging house. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, where it's they live, like where they live, um, so that they can live close to their job. Um, that's the dream. And <laughs> yeah, like, you don't want to commute <laughs> when you're a child labor. <laughs> that would be too much. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it's like they kind of each like go through their own little thing and then come together in mm-hmm. um this. Uh, this music that like really is choir music which maybe yeah. that is like i am a choir music l- fan um and so maybe that is like where the difference is that if that's not your jam now now were you were you in choir like in yeah, in yeah girl school, you know high i school? was <laughs> no i was okay. and i was just gonna say so first of all i'm i'm listening to all this being like which songs like i don't know that we watched i know i watched the movie but uh-huh. i'm also like it all what was the plot what yeah, happened in I this? and i'm are you sure you weren't watching bugsy i don't know i thought i, I 
sounds like I was supposed to have a sexual awakening here <laughs> that I only the only thing I remember is Christian Bale on the horse. But also I will say on the musical theater front, I'm realizing, well, I, I knew this actually, it triggered like a, a formative memory for me when I started watching this, but my high school every year had this variety show that was like singing, dancing, whatever, sketch, mm. fine, very, very lovely. And I think my freshman year, the like men's choir that was like, there weren't enough guys in choir. So it was like all of the guys in high school that wanted to be in choir. And then all of the like local dads that wanted to still sing, <laughs> all of them did seize the day. And so it was like, thir- and that was, I mean, not the dad's part, but like I was, I was into, I'm always into guys that are in the arts. And so for me, that was like really formative seeing all of the, like the three cute boys that like also were in choir and also played sports, watching them play Seize the Day, sing Seize the Day. That was, I mean, I remember that. So that song is what sticks out to me most other than Christian Bale on the horse. See, it was fun. (laughs) I did, I was Googling Seize the Day because I'm like, I'm even like, okay, let me make sure I know which one this is. Uh, But- Okay, what if we give our listeners just like a little overview? All right, let's do it. Just song by song. So Carrying the Banner is our opener. It's like we have montages and we meet all the buddies. Um, there's a little like tiny line of Lovey Dovey Baby, which is uh, sung by Anne Margaret, who's yeah. here for some reason. Okay, yeah. Like, can we, let's stop for what a second. What was her role, yeah, though? Let's can talk about Anne Margaret. I now I remember this woman in the purple dress. And what did she do? Yeah, okay. she's, like a, she's like a vaudeville performer. And we don't know, we're not privy to, like, why she and Jack are buddies, but she and Jack are buddies. and They're just street rat Jack, buddies. Yeah. And and Jack is on the run from the evil Snyder, who's played by um, Kevin Teige. John Locke's dad. Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> like, is equally terrifying. Nice. <laughs> um, and, but, like, so so they, like, hide in her theater from this dude. And, like, while they're hiding, she does her performance. And then she also gives them, they sort of all meet and have their rally in the in the, thea- right, the, the vaudeville on. theater. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is the only reason I can tell that she is there. Because, again, this is a Oscar nominee, uh, Golden Globe winner, one of my favorite, uh, one, one of, El- certainly one of Elvis's favorite <laughs> actresses. And, uh, <laughs> and I just feel like she does almost nothing in this movie. Yeah. Well, what's strange about it is like she sings her lovey dovey baby song but we don't see any audience right. it's just <laughs> like her and then like oh they're kind of in the wings watching her so like i could see her like why is she what is she doing and why is she singing and it's and just like it's almost like a scene that would have been cut completely except that we needed the the we needed less to be able to sing it while he was falling asleep in the next scene yeah <laughs> i feel like they probably brought Anne margaret in on casting to be like we need someone who's been in a musical before and right. she was in bye bye birdie so like now it's legit you know like yeah everyone else was not a musical person no no certainly not bill pullman <laughs> certainly not <laughs> certainly not robert duvall robert duvall he doesn't he doesn't even try to sing in this fortunately though no. Although i would have loved that i would love if he had just some sort of big just a, a patter song where he's just like I want like to beat the, the, the newsies. I want to beat them all. You're not uh, missing much. The Pults are songs in the stage show. Uh, they're like, it's one song, one or two. Yeah, right. yeah. They're skips. They're like enough to be there. Right. Um, I Okay. So in going through the songs, we would entirely miss 
the Pulitzer stuff, so let's take a moment to talk about Robert Duvall and his forearms. Okay. <laughs> Just, they're everywhere. So I did hear like, somewhere all that... All of his acting is in his forearms. Like, Robert Duvall knows when he's being filmed from the chest up, and so that's why he does all of his <laughs> acting up here. Um, but I did, I pulled an audio clip of my favorite piece of acting. He, I, I really think he's great in this movie. He is so big. Like, I've never seen Robert Duvall be as much of an asshole as he is just just making every choice in this movie. It's so good. But this is a scene where... Uh, so it's a scene between uh, him and Christian Bale. And, like, it feels like a scene between two Oscar winners. It is it is the best scene yeah. in the movie, I think, that's non-musical. Like, it is just the two of them having a, a, a face-off together. And so at one point, Christian Bale gets up to leave. And this is Robert Duvall. Wait, you listen to me, boy. Now you just shut your mouth and listen to me. You shut up and listen to me for once. He's, he never responds. He never says anything. He's just standing there the whole time. Standing there tight-lipped. You I, shut I up. I want to point out, I want to point out, this is what we would have talked about uh, on the Newsies mailing list. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, like, word for word, these conversations we're having, I have had uh, 20, 25 years ago. So. You shut up and listen to me for once. Cheese it. One of my favorite things that he says is when he says... Uh, when he meets with Jack the kind of the first time when he's talking to him and he's he he tells him to sit but he goes shit <laughs> and like he like his forearms go up like that Steph also said that that is like burned <laughs> into her brain yep shit 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 <laughs> um and there are he also has these like cronies who are like random other adults and they do a good job of like being like one's like the tough guy one's like the little foppish nervous one <laughs> Just, I just love what he goes. It's just the duty, sir. I'll go and have them quieted. And then he like walks away, <laughs> and he's like, oh, "Very mousy guy." When, when at the end, when Christian Bale is in his office and he goes and opens the window so that he can hear all the newsies and everyone protesting, yeah. and Robert Duvall plays that like sound is going to make him melt. Like he plays, yeah. he plays it like it's water, and he's the Wicked Witch. He's just like, close the window! You have to close the window! He's losing his absolute shit. It's so good. He's yelling at him, go home! Yeah. Go home! <laughs> oh, thank you for this Robert Duvall interlude. It's uh-huh. important. <laughs> I um, think every episode needs a Robert Duvall interlude. <laughs> I mean, it, it's worth admitting to for me, as, as an Italian, that this is the only movie we've watched that features a cast member of The Sopranos and a cast member of The Godfather. And that's, that's right. Well, that's actually not as rare as you think, because all those fucking Goombas are in the same movies. Uh, yeah. But it's rare that... Uh, talking about the Mario guys. <laughs> it's like, but like, also, and importantly... <laughs> also, and importantly, like, this is the order that I got Robert Duvall. I started mm-hmm. with Newsies and then yep. went to Godfather. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even go to Godfather. Oh, wow. I stayed at Newsies for five, six, seven, ten years. <laughs> We've actually never seen The Godfather. It seems scary. <laughs> it seems scary. It's uh, inaccurate. Okay, so um, we were talking about songs. And importantly, after Lovey Dovey Baby, like, Davey brings Jack home to meet his family. And uh, Jack is like, oh, my God, family. I'm going to cry about it in song Davey, form. And- Davey's mother, who is played by Hugh Jackman's wife. Really? <gasps> no yes. way. Yes. Married then, I think, or around then, and still married. Yeah. Wow. It's awesome. Remember when um, she surprised him at, like, the Tonys or whatever? 
He was getting some like lifetime achievement award, and she was yeah. like, she was like, oh, I'm gonna go to the bathroom, and he's like nervous that she's not gonna be back in time, and then she like she walks out on stage to present mm-hmm. it. It's just very sweet. They're a very yeah. cute couple. Uh, speaking of people's uh, spouses that are in this movie, uh, Idina Menzel's husband. Yeah, yeah, plays Aaron Mush Lohr. plays Mush. What's his name? Aaron Lore. Aaron Lore, and this is the second movie he's in that we've covered for this podcast that features a song about how nice it would be to go to Santa Fe. Because <laughs> it's also in Rent. This is like another weird spiral I was having where I was like, why are there so many Santa Fe songs in musicals? I've been to Santa Fe. It's fine. But like, why, why do all of these sad men want to go to Santa Fe? I don't... I And actually, Rent is also one of the... A musical I've never seen live. I've only seen... I've seen a lot of musicals live. I've only seen the video production of it. And so for me, this was just sticking with me all week, being like, Santa Fe is not that great. Um, a little a little interlude. Now, I'm, I'm sitting here Googling Adina Menzel's husband because I was like, isn't she married to, to Tay Diggs, Diggs, who was also in Rent? But now I realized they got divorced and he, she got remarried in 2017. And I'm on a whole personal tangent with Rent at the moment, but I'm That's back right. in the podcast she, she left him for another cast member of Rent. Wow. <laughs> okay, so... The song about Santa Fe. So the song is like, it's like a celebration of Jack's independence. And he has like projected all of his happiness onto like the idea that he can go west and fix himself, I guess. It's like, it's like eat, pray, love for dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dion Warwick wanted to go there too. It's not just men. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. I'm sitting here Googling when was rent written. And then I want to know what because i think it's all around the same time and i'm like was santa fe santa, popping yeah. at the time like <laughs> yeah. is it a was moment maybe, like yeah. did they just open to tour santa fe was like atlanta at the time where it's just like <laughs> yeah santa like, Fe's really having a it? moment santa fe 1991 <laughs> is what i'm gonna google <laughs> yeah add music festival just in case maybe that was it so, little little tidbit here so the the statue um that they kind of hang out around a lot you know you see mm. a kid sleeping in that statue that's a statue of horace Greeley who was like a U.S. representative. I think he owned one of the newspapers. But his the quote that was attributed to him is, go west, young man. And so like that might be kind of where that comes from as Jack's around that statue, go west, et cetera. But there's your little um, Easter egg about really old white dudes and mm-hmm. how that might, you know, figure into that. Okay. Interesting. All right. Um, You're welcome. He does a dance here in the song. He it's like there's a, a full dance. on a dance. dance break and yeah. it's a solo dance. We don't get a solo dance very often. No. It's not bad. I, I, it's not bad. I enjoy it. I like yeah. the dust being kicked up somehow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ooh, like he does this like kind of spin turn at the end that is like very uh dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there is a, a a piece that they cut of that where he learned how to do a lasso. And it was this whole like section of Christian Bale doing lasso tricks, um, but it was completely cut that wow. out of it. I yeah. would die to see that. Just Christian Bale just between the little spin in and, out. and when he gets right between the little spin move and then when he jumps on the horse and steals it, that's kind of where that little lasso section. Why was. does he <sighs> think in kayfabe? Why does he think that you can just take someone's horse? Well, at the new on the newsies mailing list, um, we had kind of. <laughs> theorized that it was more of like a dream sequence than him actually stealing a horse right oh, interesting. Mm, interesting. Mm, like right. an homage to oklahoma you know like uh yeah. yeah 
Oklahoma, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman's wife, bringing it all back full circle. <laughs> I was just sitting here thinking we got Batman in this musical and Hugh Jackman. I saw him in The Boy From Oz and I was like, I'm watching Wolverine tap dance right now. Wow. It's all full, it's all in the in the family. The Boy mm-hmm. From Oz. There's another Wizard of Oz musical that I don't know about. This one's about um the his name is Peter something in in Oz they mean Australia and he's um you, you heard this when he get caught between the moon and New York City okay that's that musical all right I'll come back I'll come back we'll watch it well oh yeah we can do uh, Greatest Showman I'd rather do that one if we're great if we're gonna see if we're gonna see Wolverine dance around because. We have not liked a Pazic and Paul musical yet. And so I'm. I'm no, sorry. I was going to say, no, 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 not them. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, so I, th- there's something that I find really charming about how he's not a trained dancer and him and David Mascal are not trained dancers. And that it just puts him like one little quarter step off, but not in like a bad or distracting way. Just it makes it look like their boy is having fun. I got, it was very delightful to me to watch Andy watch for all of the ways that they like choreograph them out of the hard dancing where it's like, <laughs> you're going to walk in front of these people or like, we're going to like cut away as like, soon as it gets We're going to hold a thing while you dance. Yeah. yeah. There, there is, there are multiple moments in the stage show where Jack and David, their actors literally just run away. Like they <laughs> just run to the side so that the other guys can dance. It's a very similar thing. It's really nice to see that, you know, decades yeah. later, they still kind of have that. <laughs> they, they still pay they, homage. They, to they the still don't give these guys dance. That's nice. <laughs> well, so our next song is the, it's, it's the world will know. It's the mm. song that, like, it's, like, half Davy doing, like, speech shit and then Jack, like, translating it into song. Um, Almost like a Cyrano de Bergerac uh, dynamic yeah. these two got going on. Except one guy just says it and the other guy just says it the exact same way. <laughs> <laughs> I There's a moment late in the song. So this is, like, in the in the show, this is the, like... I would call it like end of act one. Like we're, we're like in the strike now. This is like when the strike starts and the song ends with him, like writing the word strike over the headline board. Um, But there's this moment like toward the end where they're, they have formed their chorus mob and they're like dancing their way to (laughs) Mr. Wiesel. And he, Mr. Wiesel like looks out his little window, watches this like choreographed group arrive made up of kids that like he sees every day and he's like nah nah <laughs> like I, I don't need to know what that's about like, doesn't engage with it at all bye <laughs> i mean we haven't even really talked at all about um oscar and morris and and kind of their whole whole deal of just they work there too but they're not newsies and they're just assholes who antagonize oh uh, these are the Jack two brothers friends the Delancey yeah. brothers. The Delancey mm-hmm. brothers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's my. Uh, what, what are, are those? Doing? Are those the ones that were like beating them up at the end? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. In in the stage show, those guys are the Jack understudies, right? Because yeah. you need like <laughs> tall dudes who are more movers. They're not really dancers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So my here's my question about those dudes: is Joseph Pulitzer makes a deal with this kid about not to he's like all right if you come and work with for me this is later later in the show he says christian bale come and work for me i'll clean you up he's like and and in return i won't uh destroy the life of your friend david and so then he goes to work for me wears the suit he crosses the picket line he's a scab and immediately on his first day 
the Delancey brothers are like, hey, we're going to go kick the shit out of your friend David. (laughs) (laughs) They just like ruin it immediately. Sir Pulitzer's attention to detail, just knowing every single name. I was like, you know, Davey, like, aren't you a busy man? Don't you have things to be doing? This 14 year old is on your radar? thing though i love about Davey is you notice how he just loses clothes throughout the movie like he starts out very buttoned up and then like the sleeves are kind of rolled up a little bit and then oh he's got he's got that waffle shirt that like right by the the end of it literally literally today i was just like oh (laughs) (laughs) oh no oh davy davy you're looking pretty good i read some stuff about how they got some wires crossed on like like, they didn't know that they wanted Christian Bale to be all dirty until later into filming. So, like, there's a couple scenes that are from the early days of filming where in the middle of the movie, he's just all of a sudden clean. Mm. And then there's just things oh. like that. all like uh, Interesting. Like, little, like, accents. I want to say that, that David Moscow's accent changes a little bit because he changed it. it like, it totally does. Like, five yeah. days into filming, they were like, hey, change it. <laughs> and they, but they just kept everything <laughs> they filmed. The world would know. So, so that's, that's the big strike so, song. Yeah. The fight song. That's the big strike song. The and then... Song. Um, we get seize the day and the seize the day reprise, which we've talked about. It's like it's like Davy's Aragorn moment when he like does like his speech in front of the Black Gates. It's like his like we gotta we gotta fight and we gotta strike and we gotta help each other. It does literally open um, with open the gates and seize the day. Yeah, it's it's quite literal. Um, I'm doing the dance right now because <laughs> Steph and I and we was it did Manny as well I can't remember it yeah. was definitely the two of us um watched this over and over in your basement and learned that reprise dance yeah uh, I do remember Maddie Steph, was like sort of doing there. it on the she couch was. while we were watching it. it was so like again truly it's been well over eight years since I watched this movie and like watching it like I my muscles were like twitching doing like all of the little things because it's just yeah that's a sense memory memory. for Mm -hmm. sure yeah I like the part where you you bump chests together (laughs) and then you kind of do a little spin yeah whoa the other thing I wanted to mention about this so like this is sort of the section where like we see the Delancey brothers like come and and they have also like isn't there a word for like hired muscle that you bring in to like break Scats. up a strike? Uh, well, oh, like a, cause it's, oh, not a Pinkerton, like, but that's because that's like an FBI guy, but like a uh, right. Something it's like the that. Pinkerton, <laughs> but it's it's they're the Pinkertons. Jesus. Yeah. Bring in the Pinkertons yeah. Yeah. with the Delancey brothers, um, and uh, there's like a lot of implied violence. Like we do see the Delanceys like punch people later, but like. The violence of these fights is, like, people running fast back and forth across the screen and, like, other people throwing newspapers up into the air. Uh-huh. And, like, that's that's yeah. fight. That means fight. You get a real nasty paper cut that way, though. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, run inside at one point, And then, like, the papers are, like, you can tell there's just one person on either side of the door just, like, throwing papers wildly. <laughs> throwing papers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do love the, that shot, and I don't know if it's the shot you're talking about, of um, Wiesel, uh calling the cops. Maybe he's getting on his phone, and it's just like, papers are just snowing down through the yes. window, and then there's just kind of him, like, panicking inside. <laughs> it is really delightful. It really would gum up your day at a paper. Exactly. Yeah, it would. Huge mess in the yeah. street. So they win the fight, and then that's King of New York. And they, like... The, the premise here is that they take a picture to go with the article about the strike and sing about how great it is to have your picture in the pape. Just an absolute 
absolute banger banger of a song yeah Yeah. right like i i could listen to it in its entirety multiple times and just be very (laughs) very happy person and this this number becomes yeah becomes a tap a tap number in the in the stage show which is chef kiss yeah it is very fun because you get a little bit of tap um kind of when they're on the tables kind of dancing Mm -hmm. in the in the movie and they were just like take it it's a whole tap Mm -hmm. number now you guys Mm -hmm. it's a whole tap I uh, I mean I do think that this song is the best song, but I do th- I also think that plot wise, this song you could cut it and it would not hurt anything except the strength of the soundtrack. <laughs> I just I think there's a couple things like that in this movie. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean this movie is 121 <laughs> minutes long. It definitely could be about 30 minutes shorter. Uh, but the, is it that long? It's 121. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a full two hours. Yeah. But like Minkin and and uh, the other guy uh, wrote like they said this song was kind of like an afterthought and they just wrote it just sort of goofing around and then of course it ends up being kind of everyone's favorite song. I mean, I kind of I kind of love uh, Bill Pullman in this song. I mean, yeah. can he can he sing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what? He's doing it. He's right. He's really uh, Russell Crowe. He's faking it. it to make it. Yeah. Right. That's our man Denton there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to also talk about one of my favorite little like movie trivia moments happens at the end of the song. They're like passing a bunch of glasses around to do a toast and Kid Blink, one of the new the newsy who has the eye patch like doesn't get a glass like like he just like misses them and he's standing there and he kind of grabs on to mush's hand and then you can see them like laugh about it and then they they raise the glass together like both of their hands (laughs) holding on to it and it's very it's like i don't know i love that it got in i love that it's just a delight it's a great moment That's and I, I look for it every time like every time i watch it it's i'm not paying attention to to david no i'm paying no. attention to that it is very cute i wait i want to talk about kid blink for a second because kid blink was real there was the he was the leader of the strike in in real life he was the jack uh he was a one-eyed young man named lewis belletti and they called him kid blink he spoke with a heavy brooklyn accent that was often phonetically transcribed when he was quoted by newspapers which just sounds like a, a delight <laughs> and uh and yeah that he he was the guy in real life and then they created jack for the movie interesting i like that they kept a kid blink yeah and you can't have a star with only one eye now i'm googling kid blink <laughs> <laughs> um, writing and- out writing out what he said phonetically in the newspaper sounds a That's lot like wild. fan fiction we were writing we're kind of at the end. So the remaining songs, we've talked about High Times, Hard Times, which is the song that Meta Larkin sings while they're at their like rally that they do for all of the newsies of all the city. Um, it really is the worst song in here. Like it has no flow. Um, it ha- Like I didn't, I, I feel like its job is, oh, the back half's kind of light and we needed to add a song in. Where can we do that? Yeah. yeah. I just feel like this whole musical is not like a ton of different songs, but a lot of like reprises of the yes. same song. Yes. Everything yeah. else okay. in the, yes. there's one other song that is like new at the end and everything else is just like a reprise or like a mega mix. Yeah. Again, I'm trying. Yeah, high times, hard times does give Jack kind of a little opportunity to do a little flirty flirt with Sarah and look her mm-hmm. right in the eyes and say, sometimes there's nothing to eat. And then he's like, see you. Like, <laughs> very flimsy romance. It is right after he does that, that, um, that you can see an exit sign in the background, by the way. <laughs> is that not historically no accurate yeah. time? Yeah. Or... <laughs> 
100%. Now I have to go back and watch this movie again. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't know about that. I'll send you it the whole week. <laughs> no, I do. I do think. I do think you do need to watch the stage show. If nothing else, it's very pretty, and the dancing is amazing. It's Tony Award winning choreography. It's on Disney Plus. Okay, I I really tried to pay attention to this one, and the whole time I was like, "What's happening?" I am going to take an edible and watch the stage show, and oh, I'll, yeah. I'll yeah. I should I'll probably after that I'll be like, "I should have done the podcast and, th- and done this." <laughs> <laughs> I would have known what was going on. <laughs> but yeah, it is a big, it's reprise heavy in, in the back half. There's no, there's no original songs sort of in the back half. And I, that's something that a lot of musicals do in it that can often I don't yeah. know, make me a little bored. Um, It's also like all of the plot that happens in the back half of this movie is like very adult. It, it like tracks on a very adult level. Like, mm. like Denton leaves them because he like gets reassigned and he can't leave his job because you can't leave your job because you would die. Like, mm-hmm. um, the way that the strike gets resolved is even like they go back to the way that it was, but like still child labor. Like, like yeah. that's not they didn't get rid of the child labor. It's still like we can just go back to doing our child labor, um, and like. There's, it's like shit about um, Snyder, who's the the bad guy who's chasing him, like, is like getting kickbacks from a judge and like that. So like the back half of this movie is like those plot lines that I am bored just like saying to you right now. (laughs) Yeah, like when the like, 45 um, like major ago. ills of society yeah. Mm-hmm. like yeah. when uh when they're when Poulter's talking to the mayor and he's like oh you can come uh play poker with a bunch of the newspaper guys we'll talk about the upcoming election he's mm-hmm. like i'd be honored you know in that yeah. exact cadence um there was a line that that hit me this time working was it's it's the scene after the courtroom scene i think where denton is talking to the mm. kids and basically tell them you know if it didn't happen in the paper it, it didn't happen mm-hmm. and he goes to david and he goes you know they don't always fire you like it's you know i don't i don't know why it hit me i was like oh that's damn, that's a no, better line than like you. the rest of the script that's a great line like, and that-, like <laughs> that exchange that if that whole exchange did hit me very differently now like when i was a kid watching it i had all of david's fire i was like no how dare you not like stand up for the ideological thing and we are only going to trust the newsies from now on out and fuck all the adults and like now as an adult i'm like yeah but Gotta they don't work. always fire you. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys pick this musical this week because of the WGA strike? Because I was like, this is very timely. Yes. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we stand yes, union strong. <laughs> we stand union strong, and I'm looking forward to my acceptance into the guild. <laughs> okay, well, I do. I did purposely pick it because of May Day, and I feel like that is like okay. just kismet, too. All right. I'm just sitting here thinking of like the irony of Big Disney making this insane <laughs> musical investment in 1992 and now everyone's striking against Big Disney. Um it's kind of poetic, I think. Yeah, I think those VFX yeah. artists are going to be next. <laughs> um so, and the the real have, can we talk about that in real life what the way that the strike ended was that the world and the journal agreed to buy back all their unsold copies. Which is not a thing that yeah. happens in this movie. Spoilers. It is what happens in the stage show. Oh, really? All right. It's one of the <laughs> things that they fix. Yeah. They fix it yeah. for the stage show. And it gives I know them... we're here for the movie. So I'm sorry, but I'm always like, well, in the stage well, show. Well, in the stage show. 
Well, actually, well, it's not on Broadway. <laughs> no, but frankly, that's Guys. part of it because we're here to talk about like what's wrong with this movie, and there's a lot wrong with this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they and they like did try to fix some of it. Steph, Steph, wasn't it you on an early episode that described it like being like the kid at the magic school bus who's like at my old school? <laughs> yeah. And my old production of Newsies. Um, something else I want to talk about at the ending. So we there's a very important name we haven't mentioned at all related to the ending, and that is Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, oh yeah, there's a da- there's a Theodore Roosevelt so ex machina. machina. <laughs> Teddy ex machina. He literally comes in and it's not a machina; it's more of a uh, carriage. And he comes in and he. Uh, so what I learned is that the original ending, where Jack runs off and gets on a train to Santa Fe. That was the original ending, and they ran out of money to get a train, and so they just no have them, so they have them get in the carriage with Theodore <laughs> Roosevelt, go dead. in a circle, and then come back and be like, "I'm staying." <laughs> Wait, just kidding, I, you guys. I finished watching this like half an hour before we got on here, and I before I sat down was like, "Wait, how did?" What happened with Teddy Roosevelt? And then I had to go rewatch that whole thing because it made no. I was like, "What made him not go to Santa Fe?" And thank you, Andy. It was literally just, just an off-screen, an off-screen wow. conversation. It's like, no, like I you said, I I've got stuff going You're on right, here. Mr. Like Teddy you Roosevelt. told me in the carriage. Yeah, <laughs> gave me a lot of good advice, sir. Right. I cannot believe you glossed over one of the best bangers of this movie, which is Once and for well, All. Okay, and I don't we did care just if sort you of jump it. No, no, no. <laughs> right. I am hard okay. agree. We did okay. sort of jump it, and it's one of my favorite, and it goes mm-hmm. so hard, and it, it like so hard. I love so the the like way that they get this story out is that they steal for some reason they let Jack sleep in the basement of the printing house. That why, mm-hmm. uh, but while he was there, he saw that they like had a spare printing press in the basement, and so they use it to print Casual. Denton's story. That's like hypercritical of child labor, and also like calls out the refuge. And then we get like one throwaway shot of of like Denton meeting with Teddy Roosevelt in his office. Like he has the power to call a meeting with Teddy Roosevelt all along, and like like yeah. Yeah, Teddy Roosevelt who calls who calls him Denty. Like they know each other. <laughs> Disgraceful together. <laughs> Those poor boys. Probably fought in the Civil War together. Probably. Oh no, shit! That is it. No, it's not the Civil War. He said he charged up San Juan Hill with Teddy Roosevelt. Okay, oh, you guys. Yeah. Now I remember. Oh. It's in the text. That's where he was. Yeah, it's okay. in the text. Sorry, I was wrong. Wait, what was San Juan Hill a part of? A war. <laughs> <laughs> No one can deny. He's going to be their ace war correspondent. I know. <laughs> I really wanted to write a song. When I thought I wasn't going to be able to write a song for this episode, I just wanted a song where it's just 10 seconds long and it's Denton going off to war and getting shot. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Our man Denton. I was really I was really cheesed off about Denton when he just uh, abandons them. But then he comes back and helps them and gets Teddy Roosevelt on the horn. And he's a, he's uh, all right by me, Denton. <laughs> What is the last bit we see of Denton? Where is he in this movie? Like we kind of uh, get a last shot of everyone. He, Does he he's go? He's definitely there during like the mega mix. <laughs> like he like gives them like high fives. Also, I should mention too, David Moscow, the other lead is uh, he's he becomes Tom Hanks in the film Big. That was his big uh, claim to fame. Mm. Yeah, he is. Is this before he, that little. or before this? That movie is or before after that. That's movie? that's uh, I'm gonna say eighty seven or so. I keep thinking about how Bill Pullman was also in A League of Their Own the same year this came out, mm-hmm. and he was off at war in that movie. And oh, yeah. so maybe 
Maybe that's where Denty went. He went off to <laughs> a league of their own land and then came back from war. But And then sometime later, he had to fight a war against, uh, I know, some aliens that had come to Earth. And, that's uh, right. Yeah. And it made 4th of July no yes. longer an American holiday, but the day we said to the world, we not give up, we will not go stand down without a fight. We celebrate our Independence Day. You've never seen That's that movie. Right. Oh yeah, you've never seen that movie. No boy. You would think how with how much I love this movie as a as a tween and a little teen because yeah. I was watching other movies. So I was like, oh, this random guy was in a different movie. I'm gonna watch that yeah. movie. But mm-hmm. and, Bill and that's Pullman. how you get to sleepless in Seattle. So Bill Pullman yeah. in particular was like oddly kind of I don't want to say an obsession, but like you know, I and it's not like I don't do this anymore. But like when I was a kid, I had like little obsessions for like a year. You know, where it'd be Saved by the Bell or it'd be the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And and mm. Bill Pullman was like one of my little obsessions for a while where I was just like, I just love this guy. And I just love the way that he makes he makes me feel as, as you know, he's like a little dad on screen and just like the and so it was like Casper, <laughs> Independence Day, mm. uh, and like anything that he showed up in, I was just so thrilled with. While you were you sleeping, sleepless. While in you were Seattle? sleeping, yes. Uh God, but you hadn't I'm... seen Newsies but, despite but that. But I hadn't seen Newsies despite that. I don't think I knew he was here until he showed up in the movie. Uh, when we watched it the other day, Mr. Wrong. Mr. Wrong, I did see in theaters. That's a movie. Do you guys know yeah, what that is, Steph and Tina? Is that no. the one with Ellen DeGeneres? Yeah, yeah. It's the movie. It where sure it's is. The only uh, heterosexual romantic comedy starring Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> <laughs> and Bill Pullman. As in, it. he he's like kind of the both the villain, but it's it, that's maybe that's one of his better performances. And again, I haven't seen that yeah. since I saw it in theaters when I was 10 years old, but he is insane. But in I will movie. go back and rewatch yeah. it after I take an edible and watch the stage <laughs> version of <laughs> I'm about to have a banger of a weekend over here, you guys. <laughs> Someone send me a pizza on Sunday. It's going to be wild. Um, well, are we missing anything, Steph? Did we pretty much go through the movie? Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I like have a note about that I wanted to talk about was in the song Once and for All. And it is once again about the stage show. It's just about it gets like, Once and for All gets the biggest glow up. I think, mm-hmm. in my opinion, it of does. all of the songs. It does. And, mm-hmm. like, there's, like, specifically this moment where they fuck with the... There's, like, a rhythm change, like, a time signature change, and they use the set to, like, do set choreography at you. Um, And so it's this, like, it's powerful. It's powerful musically. It's powerful visually. And then the lyrics are, there's a change coming once and for all. You're getting too old, too weak to keep holding on. Which is just like that is like the thesis of Newsies. Interesting. Interesting. Very good. Well, I have my my question for everyone is that like I think we can all agree that this movie fails in a lot of ways. (laughs) Very brave of you to say. Well, thank you. I um I have been very brave. Um, but I. But, like, but it does also succeed at some stuff. And, like, you know, we can disagree about how much. But So I guess my question is, why do you think it has the place that it has in so many people's hearts? Like, what do you think it is that, that like, makes it stick? I mean, we just, as human beings, I think, really love seeing um 25 year old 15 year olds <laughs> dance in like suspenders and a, and a newsboy cap right like mm-hmm. there's something about that visual i feel um mm-hmm. that really resonates with us as a society in a, a race the human race i i just think it's astounding it's just like 
nothing like Space Jam where like you remember something is so much better than it is and they're like, well, we better we better glow it up then. We better put a new one out. (laughs) (laughs) I think people love camp. I love camp. And I will also say when Andy asked me to be on this podcast, I was like, this is the one musical I feel like I've never seen. So there's not a super special place in my heart until discussing this with all of you. And now Newsies will forever be special <laughs> right. to me. Well, I, I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. I knew it would be an interesting perspective. The the musical lover who never saw Newsies, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, it was not even on my radar. I got to call my mom after this to figure <laughs> out what went wrong. But... <laughs> okay. It's like, as a movie movie, I give it like a two out of five. As a musical movie, I give it like a one and a half out of five. As a dancing movie, <laughs> I give it like a four out of five. <laughs> okay, yeah. Do you, do you guys feel like, so I think, okay, like there's certain musicals that I haven't seen, but I've heard the soundtrack first and it's like Wicked or Come From Away where you're like that song in the middle, you know it's the intermission and you know it's like the fucking end of act one absolute banger of a song just the way the soundtracks are structured Mm -hmm. and maybe for me this isn't doing it because it was just created as like a linear movie and so there's no just like song that's gonna fuck you up emotionally in the middle of it you know the stage show the yeah the i I cannot wait for you to watch this this can i leave so i can (laughs) (laughs) no but it's really important too like it it is one of the ways that i think that this movie fails and like that they had to go, they had to make like big structural changes to the stage show. It's not just like, you know, they like tweaked some stuff or like made it fit differently. Um, and that's totally one of them is that they had to like pull out of this, out of like these eight songs, something that could be like a, a like t- tug at your heart. I want number. Yeah. Looking looking back at like this movie, it is very obvious that this was a movie that was like a drama that someone came in that someone is Kenny Ortega and said, we're putting some songs in it. Right. Like the structure of it. You're right. It doesn't you don't have that, you know, act one closer. You don't have that act two opener yeah. um, looking back at it. But I mean guys i loved this movie so much <laughs> i told i was talking to my parents today we went over for dinner and telling them i was gonna come oh we gotta leave gotta go to this podcast i was like oh what are you guys gonna I said newsies my mom goes oh talking about that my poor parents god but um your mom who by the way replies to almost every piece of promo we do for this podcast and tells me oh it looks good or ha 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 yeah i love your mom on instagram I don't think she's listened to a single second of this podcast, but she is very enthusiastic (laughs) and supportive. Mm -hmm. No, but it Mm -hmm. is something about how, I mean, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, if the the grief that Alan Minkin is going through plays in here, but like uh, he, he gets back on track too, because Aladdin is right after this. Right. Um, And, Mm -hmm. uh, and like he, uh, it's just like every song here kind of sounds like the fifth best song in Hercules. You know what I mean? (laughs) Which is what? (laughs) I I don't know. I've actually never seen Hercules. That'll be on this podcast. (laughs) Do we have any thoughts about what it would be like to to remake this? I mean, it's pretty much happening as the musical. But like, if they were to do this, if they were to make the new musical as a movie, which do you you think they should? I would be really curious. I'd be really So like Kenny Ortega starts i mean he doesn't start here but like this is his transition into movies and then like he goes like hocus pocus he's going to what um, he's gonna get to high school musical eventually he's gonna get, well yeah and mm. so like and then he's gonna do he's gonna like open the high school musical floodgates and so mm-hmm. i would be really curious to see like what he does knowing the 20 
30 years that came after this. Uh, oh geez it has been sorry. 30 years hasn't it oh, yeah no. if they let him have another crack at this i would see it again you know and yeah, i would love to see christian bale as like yeah put him in enough makeup to where he looks yeah. exactly like robert devon in this movie he loves that <laughs> do, shit. do you know do you know what i want christian shit. bale to be and it would never happen i want him to be that weaselly little dude in Pulitzer's office he's like it's just the news he's <laughs> quieted but never you're gonna be like love it. you know what I want Christian Bale to do yell at me on set and I would be like same <laughs> and like also but if okay if we if this was like remade here's what I would also love to see okay go with me and he's almost getting a little too old for it again these are 25 year old 15 year olds sure. but mm-hmm. Tom Holland as yes. Jack Kelly and then no problem yeah I mean he's kind of too I don't know. He he kind of would be a better um, David, honestly, because he's so, yeah. he's so clean. Yeah, he's so he is, squirrely. but he's a dancer. Tom Holland is a dancer, sure. right? Like he was yeah. on like the West End. He's in Billy Elliot. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. imagine Tom Holland doing that silly little Santa Fe dance, kicking the dust up, doing that turn. <laughs> Ooh, but what about like a Timothy Chalamet? Because I would watch that all day. Yeah, he has that darkness, that Christian Bale darkness. Uh, yeah. I want I want the Timothy Chalamet as Crutchy. That's what I want. <laughs> Sold. You know? Sold. I want him as the printing press in the basement that may or may not work. <laughs> I want him as that froggy redhead kid who goes, "This is for the newsies." This is for the newsies. <laughs> Why is that little kid in charge? <laughs> He's clearly running that shop. Very different child labor than the rest of the child yeah, labor yeah. in this movie. Yes. Well, it's a very that, upper crusty child labor. That's actually a yeah. great transition into the song that I wrote uh, for, <laughs> for for this movie. Um, so, Mal, it's your first time on the podcast, so I'll just explain to you yep. that sort of what, what we do here sure. is every time you remake a musical, what do you do? You add a new song in to try and get that best original song Oscar, right? Um, and so this is what I did here. I wrote a song... Um, all about the aspect of this movie that fascinated me the most, and that is child labor and New York running on child labor, and the fact that this movie never attempts to fix that. Like that, that's not what they're <laughs> they're just like, yeah, New York runs on child labor, and that's just how it is. So, anyways, you can get um fifty and then cents. They papers. they rally about it, yeah, and then the whole rally like resolves despite only this like one portion of the child like yeah. So I wrote a song that is about. Uh, child labor in New York in 1899. Of course, I knew. I know it's 1899. Of course, I knew that when I wrote the song. Um, and uh, no, I don't think it plays. <laughs> I don't think it plays in. Uh, <laughs> but this song is um, my. This is my child labor anthem. Uh, I think. I think it would be a brand new character, right? In this. In this version, it would be a brand new character who opens the thing, and he's five years old, and he's got to get a job, and he's got to figure out what to do with his life. You know what I mean? Uh, and so that's the song. It's called Baby Fingers, and uh, we're gonna listen to it right now on Musical the Movie the Podcast. It's time to put away my childish things and behavior, cause New York City runs on child labor. I used to be lazy, aimless, with no plan, but now that I'm five, I'm a man. I'll pull myself up by my kid's straps. I refuse to not work like some slob. My hands ain't getting any tinier. It's time to go get a job. Well, I submitted my resume. 
up and down the strip. It's a gig economy for little guys. The world's at my tiny fingertips. Well, I could work in fashion. Sure, some call it a sweatshop. But my tiny hands could make exquisite stitches, seams, and knots. I'd walk Fifth Avenue or, like, the alley right behind. At the end of month, the missus would give me a shiny dime. You may call it a human rights violation, sure, but I can't hear you wrapped in all this velvet and velour. Baby fingers work. Get us straight from the stork. Won't find me at school. Cause baby fingers rule in this economy. Well, I could join the army and move up the totem pole. A little guy like me could squeeze in so many foxholes. My teeny hands would be the best at disarming landmines. And the bad guys would never shoot me because they'd think I'm a porcupine because I'm so little. Or I could be a beggar, live outside and booze it up. But I can barely hold a baba, so I don't really want a cup. I could be the cheeky door boy at a speakeasy. Or I could get sex trafficked, though I don't think that's for me. But one thing's for sure, baby, fingers work. Get us straight from the stork. Won't find me at school. Cause baby, fingers rule in this economy. All right, there it is. It's called Baby Fingers, the child labor anthem. <laughs> Yay. Bravo. Wow. <laughs> um, Andy, you went, you went off the camera, and I was really hoping you'd come back being, like, wearing a full newsy a outfit. Crutch. And I'm very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I'm very disappointed that that's not the case. Yeah. I like to go, for the listener, I like to go off the camera uh, when I play the songs to take the pressure off uh, the other the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, you know, that song. So here's the deal. I, I finished that song a few hours ago. Some would say I started that song a few hours ago and um, did forget to to include the fact that Newsies is a career option for this guy. So <laughs> so it would need. And, and again, these are all part of this, Mal, is that I'm not a musician. I, I'm not trained at all in music. I just sort of sure. try these things and see what works. And they often don't. Um, and so that's something we need to fix. We need to make um, we need to put Newsies in there somehow. <laughs> if 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 this does get picked up, this is just a tip. You know what I mean. You are a musician, Andy. I, you know, you're not a professional, but you're making the music, Thank and you, and that's what counts. Tina, you're Tina, you, Tina, of course, uh, is uh, my duet partner on the best song that I've written for the podcast, uh, "Sabotage in the Name of the Lord" <laughs> from Sound of Amazing. Music. Uh, so I do appreciate that. But but that being said, uh, it's a, always a good time to remind the listener that the only place. That you can find the, all the songs that we create here for Musical the Movie the Podcast is at our Patreon, patreon.com slash dumbfun, which is the uh, whole dumb fun family of podcasts, which includes 30 characters where we just do goof around character stuff, as well as Fanny Falls Demon Hunter, the show I did with last week's guest, Stephanie Weber, uh, which has 12 of 13 episodes out right now and is really fun and dumb. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Tina, is there anything that you would uh, like to plug coming up here? Um, I mean, I've said it before. I'm I'm just a normal gal. I'm not a, a comedian or an entertainer of any kind. So so in in the the spirit of 
this week's kind of watch, I encourage everyone to watch the thing that you freaking loved in middle school. <laughs> Reread the book that you were obsessed with, right? Listen to that album and, you know, maybe look at it with a little bit of a critical eye as an adult, mm-hmm. but also just like revisit it and, and, and sit with it for a little while. I highly recommend it. Lose yourself in it. Uh, it. Mal, what about you? Anything to plug? Um, I am a comedian. You can see me at Chicago Underground Comedy every Tuesday at 9 p.m. And I can't wait to get off this podcast so I can take an edible and watch the other newsies. <laughs> Wrap it up, guys. I'm Jeremy Jordan is wait- I heard I missed the last five years episode and Jeremy Jordan is waiting for me in another movie musical. <laughs> Literally, when I went to Mal and I was like, okay, so what musicals do you love? And she goes, do you know the last five years? The last five years! We had just recorded our last five years episode that weekend. Uh, so anyway, so, uh, and also Chicago underground comedy. If you're in Chicago, go check that out. It's been one of the best shows in Chicago for years and years and years. Every famous person, you know, out of Chicago used to do stand up there. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's always a delight to, to do that show as well as just be there to watch it. Uh, Steph, what about you? I would like to plug, uh, labor unions. I think that they get a really bad rap sometimes and fuck that labor unions are there to protect people who work. And I think that if you, uh, I guess I would encourage you, if you uh, question that, to to maybe interrogate that feeling and think about <laughs> what it is that's pushing back there. And it, does that really serve your interest and the, the interest of uh, of your fellow your fellow people? Um, <laughs> woo, woo. That's it. This movie radicalized you, you said, as a kid. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not not true. Yeah. Like, this was, I was like, yeah, I know what unions are. Yeah. I did text Andy. I, I got laid off from my job of 12 years a couple months ago. And I texted Andy and said, did you put me on this one? Because I got laid off. <laughs> oh, it's a fuck the man so movie. Pro union now. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Dude, that is just like David and Les and Sarah's dad, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Mallory is in Mallory and Goliath. Um, uh, my personal plugs, I'm going to be headlining at Planet of the Tapes this very weekend, uh, May 19th and 20th. Uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. And then um, we're going to do the roast of Disney princesses uh, on June 4th at the Laugh Factory in Chicago. Uh, So come to that. I will either be hosting that as Walt Disney or we'll just be backstage producing. Uh, But if you want to come to that, hit me up and I'll just put you on the guest list or whatever. That's all I need to plug right now. And and, uh, I'll say this too. uh, I'm going to come in later me is going to come in right here and say what the movie is going to be for our next episode. Hey guys, it's Later Me here to tell you that our next movie will be 2002's Best Picture winner, Chicago, starring Catherine Zeta-Jones and everybody else. And uh, also one other thing is that we did watch the Newsies live on Broadway immediately after we recorded. It's really good. It fixes a lot of the problems story-wise, song-wise. So you should watch it on Disney Plus if you want. Okay, bye. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, Mal, Tina, what wait. a delight. It's great to have you back. Tina, Mal, great to have you here for the first time. Certainly not the last. Thanks for having Thank me. You. So Thank yeah. you so much, both of you. Of course. Don't forget uh, to uh, to subscribe to your local newspaper and uh, help. The, if you see those newsies on the street, throw them a quarter. I know that papers cost way more than that now, but just throw them a quarter for the papes. And we'll see you next time, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Musical the movie, the podcast. Musical the movie, the podcast. Musical the movie, the podcast. With Andy and Steph. Fun dumb.